Nintendo. With you, another edition of the Degenerate Hawkeyes podcast. Trek kind of Jace Bizgar talking the world of Hawkeye athletics with you. Biz, it has been a while. When was the last time we did one of these things? I actually looked back, Trent. It was the week before the bowl game. So, wow. has anything of excitement happened in Iowa athletics over the last month? Yeah, just a little from the bowl victory to a college basketball team that I don't think many people anticipated was going to be at the level that they're at right now. You throw in uh, what's happened on the women's basketball side, number one versus number two, a great wrestling meet. Gary Barta being named the chair of the college football playoff selection committee. Yeah, a lot going on in this world. Yeah, and, and most of it positive. In fact, uh, the month was so good that when you and I uh, met up at Carver a couple weeks ago and we talked about doing a podcast, uh, I think we both kind of mutually agreed, let, let's not jinx it. Let's wait and see how things go, but... Uh, now that we finally lost the game, you know, uh, on the road last week, I, I think uh, we can officially say the, the jinx is off. Uh, they, they, they went a full three weeks without any losses entirely, which uh, we didn't want to be to blame for uh, if things start going downhill uh, like, like they have tended to do in the past. Well, we'll get ready for tonight as Iowa goes on the road to Purdue. It's a road environment, and that's going to be three of the next four, the one home game in between it. Coming up this weekend against Nebraska, a game not only you got the revenge angle that you can play, but they're just a lot better team than Nebraska. And Carver, you'd anticipate that they're going to run away and win that one. C.J. Frederick will, we anticipate, be out there. But three of the next four on the road, the schedule certainly a lot different. We've seen that throughout. Conference play, regardless of the conference, it's always difficult to win on the road. But the Big Ten has taken it to the extreme this year. Well, and this week kind of feels like it's the uh... – make or break week for whether we are really uh, contenders for the Big Ten title or just going to be, you know, a good but you know, probably a middle-tier middle, middle tier Big Ten team. If, if you go to Purdue and you win and you uh, take care of business home versus Nebraska, you're 9-4 and four at that point, and uh, you never know what happens. Because uh, I think, as, as you just said, things have been crazy enough in the Big Ten that I'd be shocked if anybody ends out with less than five or potentially even six losses. So uh, you're nine and four. You've got, you got a chance and uh, to do something we haven't done in, in 40 years. We'll get into the basketball team a little bit deeper, but Biz, you uh, mentioned just what a whirlwind this month has been. So much positivity for the athletic department as a whole and each of the individual teams that we mentioned. Is, is there maybe a moment that was your favorite going back and looking back at this past month, a little over a month, if you go back to the bowl game, one thing that will stick out to you and you'll remember for maybe the longest time? Well, I mean, I think two two things. One, football, one, basketball. Um, you know, football, I just – now that it's been a month since the bowl game, a month, month plus in the bowl game, um, you know, I, I think the longer we get away from that game, the, the more impressive that, that – victory is going to be in, in kind of Hawkeye lure. You know, it, it, I think what it will kind of remind you of when uh, Chuck Long went down to the Freedom Bowl and just absolutely destroyed Texas. Mm-hmm. People uh, still talk about that game 30 years later because there's just not that many times that Iowa just you know, punches blue bloods right in the face. And, and I know USC's uh, down right now, but uh, they're going to come back. They're USC for a reason. And, and I think that's a, that's a win that uh, – will only get better as the years go on, and, and people will, will talk about the time we just went and, and destroyed USC. And 
you know, from the basketball standpoint, I think the Rutgers game is the game that I really uh, will look back at uh, over the last month and say was kind of the, uh, the key point because to me that was the game where I think everybody kind of realized just how tough this team is. Rutgers was a physical, tough basketball team, and we took uh, multiple punches from them, and, and we, uh, we tried our darn just to blow it down the stretch, but uh, this team's just different. They, uh, they fought back, and they've done it multiple times since then. I mean, the Illinois game was almost a carbon copy of the Rutgers game in some ways. You know, a good, physical, hard-fought basketball game that we, we found a way to win. So, uh, you know, I, I think most people that I've talked to are, are, are officially true believers now basketball team now, and they've earned that. They, they've played really good basketball over a long stretch, and uh, they're a really fun team to watch, and part of that's just uh, their general makeup. They, they are a tough, confident bunch right now, and that's something we haven't always been able to say for Iowa basketball. You know, as I look back at this month, I think something that's going to stick with me and more about just the circumstances surrounding it, you mentioned uh, we went to Carver a couple of weeks ago for the women's game as they beat Michigan State. The uh, the retirement of the Meg Augustuson jersey, which, which was really cool, but it was also the circumstances surrounding it. As I was driving over to Iowa City, my phone's just buzzing nonstop, and finally had my wife take a look at it and see that Kobe Bryant had passed and, and doing it with his daughter in the helicopter and, and the kind of person that he had become and the kind of father that he was to the kids. And I was taking my daughter to her first ever Iowa women's basketball game. And because of that, I think that's going to linger with me for, for a very long time. And it was just, it was so cool to see Carver filled up with 13,000 people there for a women's game. Biz, you've been to plenty of women's games in the past. And I mean, there might be 1,300 for some of those games, you know, in some of the lean years of Bluter. But what that program has become, what it's building towards, and you also saw Caitlin Clark over the weekend. Future looks pretty bright for Iowa women's basketball. Yeah, she was uh, even better than I would have anticipated. She is a different level of, of talent than Iowa basketball has had in a long, long time. Uh, obviously, Megan Gustafson is the uh, the GOAT for a reason, but uh, she was more a product of uh, hard work and discipline than, than just pure talent. Uh, Caitlin Clark, uh, wow. She, she, uh, if she can keep her emotions... Uh, Emotions in check and, and be a good teammate. Uh, she's the sky's the limit for her. I mean, she is WNBA good. That's for sure. She's awesome. A lot of fun to watch. I've called a number of her games. One of the craziest games I ever saw two years ago during her sophomore season. Down uh, double digits against Waukee late in the fourth quarter. Put the team on her back. Was hitting thirty footers all over the place. That was as a fifteen year old as a sophomore in high school. She was doing those things, and her game just has continued to grow. You mentioned some of the things she talks. She talks a lot. She talks to officials. She talks to players. She does that. She's got a chip on her shoulder, but boy, does she back it up in a big, big way. And now she's going to be playing with, the, obviously, a lot of talent at the University of Iowa. It's exciting, certainly, to see what this Iowa program, what they can do on the women's front. The men's front, as we talked about, a lot of positives going on there. The road games will be coming up. Purdue starting tonight, Biz. But before we get into a little bit deeper into the basketball conversation, it's been a great stretch of Iowa basketball. You put Stat Boy to work this week. What did he come up with? Well, poor Stat Boy. Uh, nobody's been uh, more more bummed at our, uh, our our lengthy absence here than, than Stat Boy. He, he was just bursting at the seams to provide me some information. <laughs> so after a five-week layoff, he, he was ready to provide some good info. So uh, my, my assignment to him, it was pretty simple, Trent. It's been a great month and a great kind of year all around for Iowa athletics. So where, where do we fit in as far as uh, 
the best years ever for the Big Four. And when I say Big Four, I'm talking about uh, men's basketball, football, wrestling, and women's basketball as the uh, the Big Four. And is this the best year ever as far as back football ending up and then transitioning into those three uh, those three sports that are going on now? Because as we know, it's been a great month, month and a half. But where does it fit in historically? So you ready to? Uh, dive in. We'll start with where it is historically, and then uh, in true Stat Boy fashion, you found five or six really good nuggets that we can uh, talk about afterwards. Okay, all right, let's dig in here. So, like we usually do, Trent, uh, we're looking at a 40-year stretch. Basically, uh, the start of Hayden Fire is always kind of where we uh, we draw the line. So, we're talking about from 79 up through this year, um, and the answer to the question is no, this is not the best year ever but it's got a chance to get up to potentially be the second best. Uh, right now, just from pure winning percentage um, numbers, it is the fifth best year in the last 40 years as far as uh, winning percentage. We have won, the, the big four have won slightly over 80% of their games this year. They are a combined total of 53-13, and 13, so uh, not too shabby. So let's take a dive into the top four and see where it stands. So number one is not going to get broken for a long time. There was a year uh, in this list where the Big Four won 85% of their games. What's your guess on that year, Trent? Well, because of men's basketball in 87 going 30-5, and five, that is where certainly I would jump to the – now that would be considered, what, the 86 football season and the 86-87 Basketball season, is that how Stat Boy divvied this up? Correct, yeah. So the football season that, that rolls over into potentially the new year with the bowl game. So it's the, the year before football season and then the three winter sports right after. So I would, that, that'll be my guess. I'll, I'll say the 86-87 year. You are correct, Trent. So nice. Number one, 84.8% winning percentage. Like you said, men's basketball with the uh, all-time great year of 30-5. and five. But then across the board, just a really impressive year. Women's basketball went 26-5 and five and also made the Elite Eight. Wrestling was, was 19-2 and two in duels that year, but did not win the national title. And, and as you'll see, Trent, in, in what's kind of an odd quirk to this, the football team went 9-3 and three and won the Holiday Bowl. That's kind of a, a, a common theme you'll find out. So 86-87 uh, was a number one year. Um, the number two three, and four years are incredibly close. They're all about 81 point, one of them is 81.3%, one's 81.4%, and one's 81.5%. So uh, you want to take a shot at what those years might be? Well, I'm, I'm starting with, uh, with some basketball thoughts and then football. You know, they had 91 was 10-1-1 one, one right in football. 91, one of them? It is. 91 was fourth. Okay. Um, but it's, again, fourth by... By a hair. Another year where we end with a Holiday Bowl. This one, a Holiday Bowl tie, unfortunately, instead of a win. Uh, but 10-1-1 for football. Women's basketball was 25-4, and but got shocked by Southwest Missouri State in the tournament. Oh, yeah, they had to play down in Springfield that year. I remember that because yep. my uncle lived down there. Got shocked in overtime. Uh, they were number one seed and got beat by an eight seed. So uh, uh, men's basketball... And another common theme you'll see here was uh, a good but not great men's basketball team, 19 and 11. This was a uh, AC Earl, James Moses, Val Barnes, Chris Street team. 
Um, made it to the NCAA tournament and in true Tom Davis fashion, uh, won a game and then got knocked out by a, uh, a top seed that you're being Duke. Uh, in wrestling, of course, went 15 and 0 that year. So, uh, 81.3%. You got two other years to guess, Trent, that they're slightly nudged out that year. Mm, two other years. How about the following season? Was that year that, yeah, the following year, I think the women's team went to the final four. I'll go 93 then. You're incorrect. All right. So you should have guessed the following year after the 86-87. year, they won 81.4%. That was another incredible uh, Vivian Stringer team. They went 29-2 and and made it to the Elite Eight for women's basketball. Uh, football went 10-3, and and, and again, the pattern holds. Went to a Holiday Bowl and won. Men's basketball went 24-10. and uh, This was BJ and... Ed and Roy junior year, uh, they did make it to the Sweet 16 and unfortunately lost to Arizona. Uh, wrestling went 16 and three, so uh, not a great year for wrestling, but uh, but good. Uh, so you got one more year to go, Trent, and I'll give you a hint. This is the most recent of all the years, so it's past 91-92. Past 91-92. Now we're really racking the brain here. Let's go 05-06. No, nope, uh, you're a decade off. Ninety-five, ninety-six. Okay. This right. is uh, an interesting year because, uh, again, women's basketball another incredible year. They went twenty-seven and four, and wrestling went seventeen and zero. So that kind of skews the numbers a little bit. Both men's basketball and football were were good, but not great. Men's basketball had a ton of great names. That was a team of Settles, Millard, Woolridge, Kingsbury, Kenyon Murray, and Ryan Bowen. Uh, but they went 23-9 and nine, and it once again lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament to Arizona again. So uh, football went 8-4, and four, went out and won a Sun Bowl. So uh, kind of a common theme of all these years is the football team won their bowl game, and, and uh, the women's basketball and wrestling were really good. But uh, all four years, or other than the 86-87, the basketball teams were, were probably not as good as potentially this team can be. So... Those are the four teams that are, are nudging out this year's. Like I said, 80.3% this year for the big four. So if we can uh, get hot down the stretch, they can certainly jump ahead of uh, numbers four, three, and two and make this the, the second best uh, uh, year of our uh, of our, our livelihood there, so Yeah, so... Not, not out of the realm of possibility that this could be a historically great year for the four big big sports. And so... It, and it's certainly the best one in, in 20-plus years. No, no doubt. So, wrestling duels, I think they have three left on the season. We put 3-0 and there. Uh, yeah, they do. Michigan, Minnesota, and Oklahoma State, they go 3-0. and We need somebody to do the math. We, Stat Boy can do the math here. What it would take, and obviously both the women's and men's team are not going to win a national title in, in basketball, but what the record would take to overtake it and at least jump to number two on that list. All right, so that, that's this, the, the post-podcast assignment for Stat Boy. What record do the four sports have to do to get above 81.52%? So there you go. He, he can uh, update that there are loyal listeners on Twitter, uh, I'm sure, about 20 minutes after we post it. <laughs> There's no doubt that'll absolutely that'll happen there. So Stat Boy, some good info going back to the time, uh, the infancy of our Hawkeye fandom. Here we are today with the great basketball team. Stat Boy, did he throw any more information at you? I'm sure he did. Oh, yeah. Fun. Six quick tidbits, Trent. They're all pretty good. Uh, first of all, this year has a chance to be the best 
home win-loss record ever for uh, the four sports. We are currently sitting at 94% at home. There's 33-2. and two. Um, There's a log jam below there. There's been seven other years where the big four sports have won at least 90% of their games, but they've never been above 94%. So if they can uh, keep up the current pace and keep winning at, uh, at Carver over the next month, it'll be the best uh, home season ever. So uh, all we got to do is win 94% of our games down the stretch. Sounds easy. I, I Well, really, I anticipate it's going to happen. The wrestling team's not going to lose. You look at the women's basketball schedule, they have two tough road games at Maryland and Rutgers, but I certainly think they can run the table in Carver. And for the men's side, this is what they got left at home. Nebraska, there's a win. Ohio State, feel good about that. Penn State, maybe the most difficult. And Purdue, they certainly could run the table in Carver. And suddenly, we're talking about the the best home court slash field advantage in Iowa Big Four sports history. Uh, I'll say we don't, then, Chad, just solely because I don't want this, us to be the kiss of death. I so, gotcha. uh, Yeah, you're... you're, you're Certainly sounds like uh, winnable games across the board. So that's number one on his tidbits. Number two, Trent, there was only one year ever in Iowa, the history of the 40 years he went back, where the big four went below 50% winning percentage. Can you guess what year that would have been? Ooh, is that if the... you think about it, it's pretty easy, actually, Trent. All right. One year where the big four lost more games than they won. What, what year would it be? I'm going to go with 99. You are correct. 98-99, my freshman year at the University of Iowa. Yeah, you, we'll blame you then. Yes. Or, or we could blame uh, the fact that Hayden left the cover pretty darn bare for football. He did, and we had a lame duck year with Dr. Tom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So football was 1-10. in 10. Men's basketball was 14-16. and 16. Women's basketball went 9-18. and 18. So the, Amazingly, the wrestling team was dominant that year, went 18-0 and 0 at home, and we still couldn't get to the 50% mark. Football and basketball combined were 24 and 44. So we're, we're currently celebrating the 20-year anniversary of that debacle. Trent. That actually would have been 99-2000 that year then. Yeah, 99 into 2000. So my, my sophomore year. So it, there you go. they at least got away from uh, a little bit there. All right, so tidbit, that was number two? Yeah, number three, um, there's only two other years well, we've been below 60%. And one was the year you just mentioned, 98-99, the year before. Hayden's last year, they won a total of 56%. Um, the second worst year of the 40 was 06-07. We only won about 54% of our games that year, and all four teams just weren't very good. Football went 6-7, and seven, uh, men's basketball 17-14, and 14, women's basketball 14-16, and 16, and even wrestling had an uncharacteristic uh, five dual losses that year. So... You know, when you look back at the 40 years, Trent, uh, honestly, there hasn't been a lot of truly awful years. Um, but uh, certainly over the last 20, 25 years, there haven't been a lot of great ones either. Mm-hmm. All right, number four. So uh, I did the math wrong, Trent. I think I said six. Uh, there's only five totals. So okay. Two to go. Um, n- number, number four is a pretty neat one. Um, like I said, we didn't do a podcast for a while because we didn't want to jinx it. And, in fact, we just went through the longest stretch ever of a Big Ten dominance where uh, the men's basketball, women's basketball, and wrestling did not have a loss. We just won 16 in a row between January 9 and January 30th. During that stretch, the women's team went 7-0, and the men's team went 5-0, and um, and the wrestling went 4-0. and So, we had never done that before. We'd never gone 
won 16 in a row during Big Ten play. Um, the last, the longest stretch before that would have been back in 87, 88. We won 13 straight as, as a group. So uh, not only was it a fun three weeks, it was, it was the best uh, best three weeks of uh, undefeated play in our lifetime. That's wild. I mean, yeah, you, you would figure there's another stretch like that, but here we are. What a time to be alive. Yeah, exactly. So last stat, we saved this one for last because it is amazing, Trent. Wrestling dominance. From 1977 to 1998, a 21-year stretch, the wrestling team lost one duel at home. One. <laughs> in 21 years, I lost one time at home, and that was right smack in the middle of that. 1988, they lost a 1918 heartbreaker to Penn State. So uh, other than that, they were completely flawless for a 21-year stretch. So... Uh, we're talking about a fun wrestling season and kind of that return to dominance, but uh, it's going to take a long time to get back to that truly a uh, dominant of an era. And, and to be honest with you, you may never see that again in any sport. You may never see uh, that long of a stretch of dominance by, by any sport in NCAA uh, sports. Yeah, it's wild. Absolutely wild. And uh, the domination, what was it? Indiana swimming, didn't they have a similar kind of run? Yeah, I think wasn't there a, a soccer team? Just, North Carolina soccer has something like that, that yeah. also, but uh, those sports don't really count. No, no, it's only it's only about wrestling here, no doubt about it. All right, so those are the Stat Boy numbers. Anything else? No, that's it. Uh, I'm sure he will uh, quickly give us the answer to the follow up question on, on how well we've got to do to to make this a a truly epic year, but. Uh, so let's get back to basketball. So this team's been good enough that uh, they deserve they deserve a little more discussion uh, about just how how they've done it over the last month, month and a half. Yeah, it's been so much fun to watch, and of course uh, the conversation has to start with Luca Garza. He is certainly in contention, and some people consider the favorite to win National Player of the Year. We saw it on the women's side a year ago with Mega Gustafson, but you know, in college basketball to do this in the men's game, a guy that was a nice, solid player his first two years on campus, but but what he's doing here. I mean, you talk about coming from absolutely nowhere. There's nobody that could anticipate it. He was going to have this kind of season. Well, to me, if he doesn't win the National Player of the Year, uh, it, it's a it's a complete sham. I mean, you look at the, the competition he's up against. I mean, the, the guy from Dayton. Uh, Obi Toppin, yeah. You know, the, I mean, he's good, but uh, he's not. I mean, the numbers he's putting up uh, pale in comparison to, uh, to Luca. So unless one of two things happens, he really fades down the stretch or the team really fades down the stretch. I mean, I think it's his to, his to lose. I mean, the numbers he's putting up are uh, just absolutely incredible. And, and I think uh, just over the last couple of weeks, people have finally really started to uh, pay attention from a national perspective. So uh, you know, it's, it, it's something you know we've never seen. You know, it was 1952 was the last uh, consensus All-American that, that Iowa basketball has ever had. And uh, He's certainly going to be that. He's going to be a, an All-American. The question is just, is he going to be the uh, the National Player of the Year? Yeah, I, I think it comes down to there's a couple of players that certainly could could be there. Obi Toppin, if Dayton continues to win, and you look at this Dayton squad, they've only lost twice this year, both in overtime, one against Kansas, the other against Colorado, two tournament teams. But if Obi Toppin takes Dayton to a number one seed, He's going to be very difficult to topple just because you don't you don't expect to see the Flyers certainly up there. And the other one I think that really could derail it would be Vernon Carey at Duke. And if Duke continues to win, look, the ACC stinks this year. And the problem here for Luca is if Iowa kind of goes down the stretch and they go about 500, they're going to be 
a team in the middle of the bracket, and that's going to be difficult because a lot of times people, voters, they start to move towards those teams that are playing at the highest levels of college basketball. Statistically, no doubt, Luka Garza should be there, but in terms of winning, those would be the two guys I'd be most concerned about. Well, if Vern Carey wins it, they might as well just throw the, throw the uh, award out the window. Cause, uh, <laughs> they might as well just name it the, uh, the, the most athletic player on, on, on the, the the most popular team in the, in the nation. Because uh, I've watched him play three or four times. He's, he's a good player and will eventually be a good NBA player. But uh, from a importance to his team mm-hmm. and just all-around uh, dominance this year, it's, uh, it's night and day difference. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. Unfortunately, uh, that's not the way, especially for the national media, usually it's going to go. But has it just been Luca, uh, C.J. Frederick, who we have both had a, a man crush on, certainly throughout the years, he has been up there again. And since he's come back from an injury, this has been a completely different team. Well, and I think it goes even farther than that. Uh, our good friend Beef was in town last week, and, and he, he described this team uh, – pretty perfectly in one sentence. Uh, you know, late in that game in Illinois, it was basically a, it's four pricks and Joe Wieskamp on the floor. <laughs> and when, when you say four pricks, you mean that in the, in the best possible way. Yeah. When you talk about Connor McCaffrey and Garza and um, Frederick and um, – oh, God, who am, I, who, am I, who am I drawing the blank on? Uh, uh, was, uh, I think it was Creamer at the time, but uh, – You've got four guys that all just play with a bit of an edge. Mm-hmm. Um, or actually, I think it was Tucson at the time. But, uh, you know, you got Joe White, Joe Camp, who is indisputably just one of the nicest human beings you'll, you'll ever meet on the court. But uh, you can't have a bunch of nice guys because we've seen that in the past. I always had talent, but uh, hasn't always had that toughness. And this year they've got an abundance of toughness. And, you know, we call it toughness. I think other teams probably just call it the cockiness or, or arrogance. Uh, you saw it at the end of the Illinois game. This team's not afraid to, to back down and uh, ruffle a few feathers, and, and that's kind of across the board. And Connor McCaffrey, is, you know, I like to say he's kind of our version of Brian Cardinal. He's a guy that uh, if you're uh, if you're anybody else in the Big Ten, you hate him and you think he's complete ass. But uh, he's our ass, Trent, and uh, he is he has had a heck of a year. And so, you, know, you talked about T.J. Frederick, and I agree, he's, he's been great. But uh, to me. That Illinois game is a perfect example of, of why Connor McCaffrey is so important because uh, he's not a great shooter. Nope. Boy, he made some big shots and timely shots this year. But more importantly, I mean, A, he uh, won't back down to anybody, and he just doesn't get flustered. He doesn't turn the ball over. He makes the right decisions. He's quite honestly one of the best post-entry passers I've ever seen. I mean, he's incredible at passing the ball in the post. So, uh, you know, it baffles me that there's still a, a segment of our fan base that does not like him because uh, if you don't like him, it's solely because you don't like his father and you don't like his last name. Right. I think that it's as simple as that. This is a, should be a guy that everybody certainly should be a big fan of when you look at him as a player. There's limitations in his game, but there's limitations seemingly in everybody's game. But Connor McCaffrey, just the toughness that he plays by. I love Connor McCaffrey. I love this team. And, and how many times throughout the years have we heard Fran talk about toughness and see him on the sidelines and doing the machine gun and yelling at his players and getting after him. He doesn't have to do that with this group. And yeah, I'm sure there's times in the locker room where he's he's out there and he's screaming at them because that's who Fran is. But it doesn't have to be every single time out. And he doesn't he have doesn't have to scream about toughness because this team has it. It's fun to watch. Well, and you got to give Fran a ton of credit for this team too because. 
there have been two times this year when this, this season really could have went off the rail. You know, way back in the DePaul game, we, we laughed about how awful the team was after the DePaul game. But uh, Fran didn't get down on the team at all. He still was, you know, as he always does, uber confident about his team. But he, he was right. I mean, what he said after that game is, hey, this is a good team. we got a lot of good players. We're, we're going to be okay. And he was right. And same thing after the Nebraska game. I mean, I think everybody kind of thought, uh, crap, you know, C.J. Frederick's done for the year. This team's uh, it's not going to be pretty. And uh, obviously we got lucky with Frederick coming back. But uh, the way Fran handled that situation, I think he's just he's pushed the right buttons all year long. He hasn't overreacted. Um, you know, he's, he's done a great job of, of narrowing down the bench. Um, he, heck, even the, even the two-foul rule, Trent, he broke that a couple times. Yes. And uh, I think he's handled that pretty well. So uh, tip of the ball cap to Fran. He, he's, you know, he, he can be flawed at times also. But the buttons he's pushed this year, they seem to have all worked. You know, you uh, you threw a question at me as we were getting ready to do the podcast yesterday, and saying, "What's the ceiling of this Iowa team? Final Four? I mean, college basketball is down this year. It's it's going to take the right path. There are certain teams that I think they would struggle with, and certainly the way that they play. I think Kansas is one of those teams that Iowa doesn't match up with particularly well. They can win them in a one off game. That can happen, but there are certain matchups, but. I really think it is. You look across college basketball in a down year, you get the right draw, this team can win four games. Well, it's funny the way you, you phrased it. You said the final four was kind of a question mark. That, that's exactly what I put in my notes was uh, final four, the question mark behind it. Uh, are they going to make the final four? Highly doubtful. Right. But when you're talking about feeling, what is the uh, what what can this team do? Well, I think absolutely. This is a team that if, if breaks fall their way and they get the right – you know, they get the right matchups and the right teams to play against. There's absolutely no reason they can't make the Final Four. Um, I, you know, again, everything has to fall their way. But uh, it's just fun being able to say that, Trent. Being able to say that this is an Iowa team that uh, could be a Final Four participant. Because uh, even in the years when we were ranked, you know, we got up to top five teams five six years ago. It never felt like we had that 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 right makeup for that team. But this team's you know, the mental toughness and makeup of this team leads you to believe that they certainly could be a Final Four team if, if uh, everything broke their way and if, obviously, uh, they stay healthy. Yeah. Could come down to seeding. And the difference between being even a six seed might be a better path than being a five seed this year just because of who you'd most likely have to face in the Sweet 16. And just on and on and on of the layers that are there. It is a crapshoot when you get there, and I think this NCAA tournament is certainly shooting to that. But we are in the month of February. It started off on the right note with the Don't victory. Say it, Trent. Don't say it. Well, we do have to look at it because there is a history of France teams taking a step back here. So what could Not derail this team. this team? Not this one. I'm going to keep saying that until I, uh, I'll talk it into being true. Right. I, I hope you're right. Short of injury, which, I mean, is the case for a lot of different teams. Is there is there anything else, though, that does give you pause? Yeah, I think the big thing that worries me about this team is they're just going to run out of gas. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're asking so much of that main four or five guys that in the Big Ten is so damn tough this year. I just worry by the time you get through the grind of the next month and then you get through the Big Ten tournament, I just worry eventually they're going to hit the wall because, man, they've had to play <laughs> – They've had to play a lot of minutes, and they've had to play a lot of, you know, that Illinois game, that was a, a war. I mean, two minutes into the game, Tim Frazier and T.J. Frederick are about ready to fight. And, and that game never, the intensity level never dropped. And so 
you know, those are my two big worries. Any injury at all could really derail this team, or, or just the, the simple, simple fact that there's, they're going to run out of gas eventually. Let's let's hope it's not until April instead of uh, instead of really March. I sign up for that. You can get into Atlanta pretty cheap from Cedar Rapids, can't you? Well, even if, even if not cheap, Trent, if, they, if they're in the Final Four, uh, we'll find a way to be there. We will, uh, yeah, we'll get the credit cards out and we will make that happen. But a long, long ways to go here as it gets started. Three of the next four on the road tonight with Purdue. Prediction time. Who do you got, Hawks and Boilers? Well, uh, we've been all positive the whole whole podcast, Trent, but uh, I don't have a good feeling. Uh, you talked about earlier, the Big Ten road games are just brutal to begin with, and we never seem to play well at Mackey, so... I'll say Purdue by seven. Yeah, I'm, I think it'll be kind of similar to Maryland. I think we'll put up a good fight. Mm-hmm. I think we'll, uh, you know, I, I don't see us going in there and getting beat up by any means, but uh, I, I think it'll be a close game that, that we'll come out on the wrong end. So hopefully, I'm wrong. Of these three road games they have coming up, I think this is the least likely of a victory. Purdue, Indiana next week, and Minnesota. I'd put this third on the list in terms of likely wins. Well, I will say I've seen Purdue a couple times, and at times they can't shoot straight at That's all. True. So you catch them on the right night, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we went and won. I mean, going to Maryland, it would have really surprised me if we won. But uh, Purdue, I mean, I, I think we, we're, we're probably the better team than them. I just think Mackey's a tough place to play. They always have a great crowd. And, you know, sometimes it's just who needs it more. And I think they're a team that's got their backs up against the wall, and they badly need to win. So, um you know, I, I, I'm excited. I think we've got a 50-50 chance of winning, but uh, you know, I think in the end, I think they'll find a way to, to pull it off. No doubt. Biz, with that, we are out of here. We'll try it again and maybe next week. We'll see how this week goes. And uh, back into normalcy of life once again after a uh, wild is, couple of weeks of work. no longer a thing in 2020 or what? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I guess I forgot. About, well, it's been a while. We've been away for over a month. Yeah, let's do it. Biz is beat. Hey, kids, gather around for business beat of the day. Okay, here's business beat of the day. Well, it's a quick one, Tim. So I just wanted to, uh, it's been a while since we've been together, so I wanted to uh, put in my two cents to congratulate you and the uh, KXNO team on, on the incredible uh, things that happened last month. I mean, it's, it's truly, truly amazing that... Uh, Everybody was able to band together and, and, and get everybody back. Because uh, what Murph and Andy and the other people did at your station, it's the, the tip of the ball cap. Because through a purely selfish standpoint, Trent, as somebody that loves local radio and would rather spend uh, two hours beating my head against the wall than listening to uh, Stephen A. Smith or some of the other public or national uh, radio shows, uh, I, from a purely selfish standpoint, I'm just happy that there's – more local radio out there because it's awesome you guys do a great job and uh just wanted to congratulate everybody over there for uh what they did to uh bring people back from the dead so congrats to everybody involved you guys i i, I know you're not 100 directly involved with it but uh everybody there should be awful proud of the efforts they did to, to make it happen yeah it, it was unbelievable and living that week and how everything was going down and behind the scenes and the very little that I knew about it, what was happening there, it was it was incredible to see, and it's something you don't see certainly at the corporate level, and it doesn't matter what your industry is, but to see something happen like that, and it 
I think it still shows people the power of local and how important it is. And you can't just flip on some national thing and thing and think that everybody's going to eat it up, eat it up. And there's still a place for local radio, even in today's age with podcasts as we're doing right now and everything else and the streaming components that local still moment matters and, and the intimacy uh, that it certainly provides for people and the listeners that are out there. And thanks everybody out there that has uh, listened to me throughout the years on the radio side, certainly greatly appreciated and, and love what I'm able to do each and every day. Biz, with that, now we are officially out of here. We'll try again later, all right? All right, go Hawks.